again, everybody. Stuart Gandalf. Welcome to another podcast. Uh, today we're at Chismet on Tuesday. And uh, for this podcast, I have the pleasure of interviewing Lindsay Myers, who's Vice President of Public Relations for Avera Health, and Jennifer Schultz, who's Vice President of Marketing uh, for Avera Health again. So I'm going to, uh, we're going to be, this is very informal. I'll be handing you the microphone and whoever feels like they should answer the particular question uh, should do that. So I'd like to start off your topic at Schisman, and I got to see most of it, uh, was building the physician's practice in a digital world. And with Avera, you have employed physicians, which is really important. And I guess you guys can talk about that in the opening in terms of how that impacts versus non-employed physicians and star claws and so forth. But you do a lot. And so I guess let's just start off by whomever feels wants to take the first question question of, you know, what was your topic about? What are some of the key things that you discussed here at Chismet? Um, I can take that. Um, my name is Jennifer Schultz. And again, a pleasure to be here. Okay. How's this? Is this a little better? You can barely hear me. How's this? Is this better? Okay. 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 Well, great. Thank you, um, Stuart. Pleasure to be here. Um, I would say for us, the key things in our talk is really thinking through the fact that we do have a medical group that is employed. We have approximately 900 physicians and advanced practice professionals in that group. And so for us, from a marketing strategy perspective, that's a key front door for us. And so with that being said, that really means that our team and our department really wraps around that medical group and comes up with strategies to build practice. Because when you employ physicians, the last thing you want is for them to not be busy enough. And so that's really been the catalyst for us moving into a space where we're looking at how do we leverage digital to build that practice? How do we get our physicians engaged in communities? How do we get them where people are really talking about those doctors as their friends and neighbors and really get that word of mouth buzz going as well? So we talked through a wide variety of tactics and things that we do around that. And a huge piece of it is really helping your medical group understand how digital works and how it impacts their practice, how it can be effective. And how do you move that physician culture from maybe older traditional tactics that they saw in the late 90s maybe or in the early 2000s and really get them into that space? You know, there is that challenge of if I don't see it, did it happen? And so really moving the culture of your medical group around understanding what is the latest and greatest in marketing. Uh, uh, Actually, go ahead. Avera has seen so many changes with our medical group. We used to be largely just like relationship-based for years and years and years. And then the provider-based changes have just accelerated that growth that we've seen. So now we've grown our medical group just over the last eight years by hundreds of providers. So we added just 70 this summer alone. So for our marketing team, that means a lot of volume needs to be driven into them. And it's really about knowing your market and understanding. In some markets, primary care fills right away in your specialists are kind of empty. And in other markets, your specialists fill right away and primary care is kind of empty. So you need to know where to drive that volume and what the specific needs are of your communities. Excellent. Now we were talking and joking offline about the very common, um, no longer humorous uh, idea of a doctor demanding to have their place on a billboard. I'm assuming you guys have actually had that happen, and so, uh, and you know, as you probably know by now, we work we work with thousands of doctors over the years, and we work with hospitals as well. So certainly, politics can play as a big part of this. How do you guys get anything done? I mean, how does that actually happen in the real world? 
One of the things that we talk about a lot at Avera is that when a physician is asking for marketing, uh, particularly when they're saying, I'd love a billboard, what they're really asking for is volume. And it's a very, very small percentage of them that are asking for that based on vanity. And so I always say, let's just get to the crux of this. Are we really looking for volume? Are we looking for vanity for the doctor? And typically, it's the volume piece. And so that's one of the things that we overcome of how do you get things done. Uh, But the other piece of it is we really look to the executive leaders of our medical group, our service line leadership, and the physicians that are on service line leadership as ways to move marketing projects through the organization. And so when we start to get that physician buy-in and subcommittees and things of that nature with executive leadership in the room as well, that starts to help get things done and move the mark. I think the other piece of it with our physician group is really the education piece. So Lindsay and I have been going all over our health system in doctor meetings talking about the same thing we talked about at this conference around how do you build a practice. And as you start to educate them and create those buzzwords where we say, well, that's that billboard's so yesterday, or join us in the new age of marketing, they'll start to repeat that back to you and they start to get it because they're savvy and they're on their phone in their personal lives as well. And physicians use their phones for quite a bit of things to practice medicine as well. And so that's one of the ways we've been able to get things done, so to speak, is to really move the culture and get that buy-in but to start with your executive leaders and getting them to be in that space. So for us, when I have a leader saying, this is the new age of marketing and we need to help support the marketing team and get our doctors behind it or we're behind, then you know that you're really moving the culture and you can move your marketing mix as that's happening. That makes a lot of sense. I'm curious, when you guys are acquiring new doctors, are they typically new doctors fresh out or are they uh, senior doctors? Because that'll impact for sure how they look at marketing based upon my experience. Right now, the physicians that are coming into our medical group, it's a very wide variety. We'll have very seasoned physicians that want to leave practice in maybe a bigger city and go to the beautiful Sioux Falls and practice, or they want to go back near where maybe they grew up and they want to be in rural medicine. Um, We also have fresh out of residency as well, where they're starting their practice. There's definitely a different type of flavor between maybe a more experienced physician and a physician that's just uh, coming out of med school, just with the savviness of how digital works. But, you know, we just, we just, as an example, have an orthopedic surgeon that's starting. He's more seasoned, and he's very savvy around how is he going to engage with this community and new patients. He wants to get out and do education events. He understands the web component. And anymore, a doctor that is practicing that's experienced in their 50s, they're online too. Their kids are online. I always say that, you know, people that are in their 60s, that is a really hip, young generation of people that are redefining what that demographic looks like. That's our baby boomer audience. And so, if, if baby boomers reinvented every stage of life, they're going to reinvent that stage of life as well, and they're on digital. Very good. Um, uh, Lindsay, you're on the PR side, and I like some of the actual examples you shared yesterday. And we're big fans of integrating to leverage PR. And so I thought maybe you might want to share a couple of anecdotes that you talked about yesterday in terms of not just PR for PR's sake, but you know, how do you leverage that, and how do you make it into actually attracting patients as well? 
Sure. We, it's really important for us as a team to align our online and our offline advertising to make sure it's matching. And so we've really changed those tactics over the years. Um, for example, we had a group of pediatricians who wanted to reach out to their patients. So they were going to start Facebook pages. Well, that's really hard for physicians to monitor and to try to control the conversation with those. And so we actually suggested a blog instead for them um, to be able to reach that audience in a safer, more controlled manner. And plus, they can build their audience beyond people who just would friend them. You can send that blog out. You can share it. It's very viral. Um, we've also used this with campaigns, too, where we will use something that's primarily pretty traditional media like cardiac, where you're looking at mostly doing print and radio and kind of those traditional forms because it's an older audience. But instead, um, trying to reach that younger generation, trying to get them in for screening sooner because we're seeing more heart disease in the 40s and early 50s. And so we tried to do some viral videos with that. So there's actually these customizable videos now. Um, we shot one. It was very simple, very cost effective, and people could put their loved one's name in there. And instead of being a hard sell for cardiac services, it was more of a, it's Valentine's Day, so tell your loved ones that you love them kind of message, and then drew them back to Avera and to screenings through email campaigns that they signed up for um, to do the videos. So, Excellent. Yes, I remember that, camp uh, that campaign. Uh, Jennifer, uh, one of the things I think is interesting about your program, and particularly since they're employed, that you can promote individual doctors and you can get behind them. And uh, you talked about using digital to get people busy. Um, we don't have time for the whole uh, discussion today, but give us some of the tactics that you guys have found to be particularly effective. I think one of the tactics that's been very effective has been utilizing the, the physician face and the advertising on things like Facebook and pairing that with things like pay-per-click. Um, our digital team bids on physician names every day in our medical group. So as people are searching and having an online experience, those are things that they're definitely encountering. We've done A-B testing on things like Facebook with the consumer, female-friendly, smiley face versus the physician face, and the physician face is the one that's winning out. So it's a great space to promote your individual physicians compared to putting them on billboards where we are really using billboards more as a branding effect. Um, the other thing that we have noticed, we do a, a very robust, expanded physician profile on our website, and we'll do a bio video. And those bio videos is one of the ways that people really are shopping for a physician and having that experience where they're reading more about them and getting a little bit more in their into their personality. And then one of the other pieces that we do that's very effective is a physician education talk. And we talked about that quite a bit in our talk, but really getting your physician in the community, driving consumers to register for these events where they're learning about uh, maybe the food hacks for weight loss or things that you can do for breast cancer prevention. And it's the physician as the content expert engaging with people. It's a great way to drive volume into a practice where you can have a scheduler at those events and people will schedule into them. So, go ahead. It's so important to also close the loop with physicians when you're using digital media versus traditional and to share those comments that are coming in. Like Jennifer said, when we do the A-B testing, people want to see the doctor's faces. They want to read their bios. They want to learn about them. A lot of these folks are hometown folks who are coming back to practice in their home area that they might have left to go to college. And so people are excited about them. So you want to share that with the physician so that they feel welcome to the community, they feel welcome to the medical group, and they feel
feel this enthusiasm that's involved in their new practice. It's excellent. Uh, one of the things I, I you just brought that up. It's one of the more uh, things I remember most about your discussion, and your testing doesn't surprise me at all. The, uh, you know, the idea of generic beautiful people versus real people, and there's a lot of evidence, not just when it comes to physicians, but in general, people like to will respond to real people because real people are real people. And uh, particularly in your market, but really anywhere, it just looks more real. So that uh, was intriguing to me that you guys actually tested that and proved that, which I thought was really powerful. Another thing I, you mentioned was the videos, and it's funny, we're meeting with one of our hospital clients tomorrow where we did exactly that with primary care in particular, because that's such a big deal. It's like, how do I get to see behind the window? Like, who is this person really? Um, and then finally, you mentioned about getting your doctors. I think you guys were the ones that had to talk about um, a, uh, a doctor, was it family practice or oncology or breast surgeon that had uh, food talks. And I, I love that. Uh, why don't you share that anecdote a little bit? And then also, how do you convince them to do it? Because not everybody's going to find the time. Everybody's, a lot of people are going to give you the excuse, like, oh, we can't do this. So maybe inspire some of our listeners. Well, I think one of the biggest things is that we we offer this up as an opportunity for our physicians, and if they are really willing and able and want to get out there and promote themselves, we tell them we will support them. Um, if they aren't interested in that, we really don't beat that door down to try to get physicians to do the education talk because there's there's a wide variety of tools and so we'll say if they're not interested in that they might be more interested in blogging and working with Lindsay's team they might be more interested in being interviewed for a newspaper article or a magazine article so there are physicians that just love to do this um, so when we do when we do education talks we tell them you come up with the content we'll market the talk we will come up with a hook and we'll get people there will deliver you patients, potential patients to that event. Um, the thing that we have seen time and time again with physicians doing these is they're never sorry that they did a talk. It's a great way for them to have a pulse on their community and to hear what people are really thinking about. So we have a urogynecologist. He loves doing these, and it's a way for him to find and help women. He always says that one of the best parts of his job is it restores dignity with women, uh, the type of work that he does. It's very, very inspiring individual. So going out and being able to interact with patients is a huge piece of that. So for us, we say, physician uh, of ours, show up at that talk. This is all you have to do. Let's lock in the date. Bring your content or your slide deck. We take care of everything else with your, phys with your clinic manager. And so for them, when they actually see the results from it, that's been the huge piece to it, where they go, I actually got appointments. I know I got patients. We've done analysis around this with ROI, and we are getting unique patients into our uh, unique visits into our system with this and new patients. And so the proof is always in the pudding, right? So the physicians that do these, they do them time and time again because they know it works. The physicians that maybe don't engage in this is because they might be speculating if it's really worth their time. But for us, with our team, we say, we want to make it worth your time, so we're going to communicate with you every step of the way. If we are going into your talk and we're three days ahead and I only have five people registered, I'm going to let you know. We'll discuss if you actually want to have the talk or if you want to do something different, reschedule it or something like that. Some of our physicians will say, five patients isn't enough for me to leave clinic and do this, and so we'll then work the other side of it with the people who registered. Some physicians will say, absolutely, I will sit down with those five patients let's have a cup of coffee and let's just talk about things. So it's really kind of all over the board, but we just never want to have a physician feel forced to do a talk that doesn't want to do it. We say there's a, a wide toolbox here and if that's
that's not your cup of tea, that's okay. Excellent. You guys were wonderful. Any final thoughts as we wrap up here? I would just really encourage people to keep telling that story of how digital is changing. I mean, we're, our consumers are so far ahead of where we have been in healthcare. We need to get catch up with them and beyond the channels where they are and to be really promoting um, our services to them. There's so much to be done with personalization now so you can customize that experience for users online. So I just encourage people that even though you might have an older generation who's your administrators or your physicians, to really sit down and share that story with them in a meaningful way so that you can help to move the mark because once they understand what you're doing, they'll get behind you 100%. Excellent. Thank you guys so much. You were terrific as I expected. And thanks to listeners for listening. Thank you guys.